Welcome to the In All Jest podcast. I'm Daryl, your host, and each week I take you on a hero's journey. I leave my safe, normal world and face many obstacles on my quest to publish not just one, but six epic fantasy novels. I hope you'll come along for the ride. You can find out more information at kingdarrell.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 21, recorded on March the 26th, 2021. In the back of my head, all I can hear are my children saying, Dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Since last time. So, what's happened since last time? Well, it's been three weeks since I recorded the last episode. I did take a mini break in the middle of that, a long weekend away. Did a bit of fishing, a bit of camping, just being away from things. I still managed to write a little bit while I was away, but it, in general, it was a break away from everyday working life and did impact on production and where I was at. It also impacted on recording. Not only did I not get in between the episodes, but the end result was not long after that, I got a little unwell and ended up having to miss last week as well. Voice wasn't too good and health in general was just a little bit lower than it could be. So that set me back a little bit, but not too much as far as my writing went. In the last three weeks, I wrote 24,348 words in 14 writing days, which works out just over 1,700 words a day. So still consistent with my daily goals, working through where I want to be. As I outlined in the previous episode... 200,000 words was the target, but I wasn't sure that that was going to get me to the end of the story. Right now, I'm at 207,005 words, and I am not done yet at this stage. So I was very accurate there in understanding I wasn't going to complete everything at that point, but I did pass 200,000 words, got through that, and I'm continuing to work on where I'm at. So now what? Well, first up, there's a lot of frustration and disappointment for me at not being finished. It is almost the end of March. I had aimed for the end of February to hit my 200,000 words. I was a little bit behind that and everything's cascading down from that. Playing catch up is never fun and I know I'm very close, but I'm not done. And even though I can talk to myself and encourage myself and recognize that I've still achieved a massive amount in the time frame that I have, it is hard to live with or reconcile, is probably a better word, the fact that I'm not done. I'm finding it quite annoying that I'm not there and the frustrations of not being able to write full-time at this point in my career, it just plays on that. And it makes that feeling exaggerated. And I know that that is a long-term goal and it's not feasible early in my career that that would fund everything on its own. And it leaves me in that position where I'm caught between wanting to publish in a timely fashion and continue writing with discipline, but also running my businesses doing the other ventures that I'm involved in, including my volunteer work. 
and that's difficult to reconcile sometimes and it just plays on that so when you don't meet a deadline you don't meet a goal and you feel behind it does feed or fuel the negative feelings that go around it it's deflating to hit these types of obstacles i do know it affects lots of other riders that life or missing deadlines and things affects them it affects everyone i think when you set goals and and don't really achieve them so i have to try and balance that and not let it affect what i'm trying to do it's probably no different to any other side hustle when you have daytime job and you're trying to do something on the side you're always being challenged with those feelings i want to be here i want to be doing that it doesn't necessarily support what i'm doing and you're constantly battling between that you want to give good energy to what you're currently doing but you're also looking to move away from it and and it's difficult it kind of feeds the enemy within the voices in your mind and because of it other doubts get more air because you're vulnerable in those moments your feelings bubble up there's a lot more exposure of them some things that you might easily be able to brush off or rationalize get more air take a bigger grip or get more focus so that can be difficult voices around the writing is it worth it am i any good this isn't your thing if it was you'd be able to get it done they all get more airtime, and you're not just then battling the timeline your own pressures that you put on there to meet timelines but you're also now fighting all those voices and doubts and when they all come together in these critical moments it does make it a lot harder through the whole creative journey you tend to get elements of them bubbling up one at a time maybe a couple but as you get into these critical moments they will kind of come together and it can be quite difficult i typically put a lot of pressure on myself to complete things as it is anyway to have goals try and meet deadlines and work through all that and when i miss them or the deadline passes it does make me feel like i'm failing the reality of it though is the deadline was an arbitrary date that i put there to keep my focus keep my nose on the grindstone so that i kept working out i had a daily work goal gave me something to keep me honest and to do the work that's required and yet then it kind of use it as a rod to beat myself with it's kind of a strange uh, dichotomy of two things there i guess your mind is a, a really funny beast to tame and sometimes the mechanisms or tricks you use to get you to do one thing actually become a negative later on in the process like now the way that i keep my feet to the wheel keep doing the writing now makes me feel like i've failed and i know i haven't failed the truth is i've got all of this done in less than a year the first book took the better part of five years to go so it's significant achievement that i've written now a bigger piece of work probably in better quality for the first draft than the original book and i've done that in six months not even six months at this point so i should feel really good about that and, and that's just what i'm coming around to but right now i'm still trying to finish it so the only way around it is i just have to keep writing and i just have to keep going until it's done Everything else has to wait. Editing has to wait. All these other things have to wait. I'll shuffle my dates. I'll shuffle my deadlines. I'll play with things when I need to right now. 
finish the manuscript. That's all I'm working on. That's what I need to do. And nothing else can really happen until I finish the first draft. What's happening in the story? While I've been working through the main plot lines, the character journeys, and bringing them to a close within the story. I've been talking about that in the last couple of episodes. They're really all coming together pretty well. Some of the smaller plot lines involving secondary characters are all done. Some, a few, just need a little bit of tidying up. But everything is coming together. And then little doubts are sitting there. Not much resistance. I wouldn't call it resistance. It's just the doubts now. And I recall in the final throes of book one, having concerns about how to bring it to a close, the ending of the book, was I covering everything off? And I'm in the exact same place now. What's different this time is I have the experience of getting through it last time. What worked for me? What tools and techniques I used to get through it? Albeit that last time it took a lot longer to resolve all that because I was working out what I needed to do. Recognizing right now that the same thing is happening and knowing what I did last time in the end and how I got through it and what's required is great. And fundamentally, I just have to keep writing. But having that experience is allowing me to keep writing. Still, I worry about the ending, where the story's gone, going, and whether I've written it well. That's natural, I think. You get these doubts in, in the creative process. But I do know that in the next stages, I'll address all of that. And that's what I mean in that previous statement about I know what I'm going to be doing. I know how I resolved these things last time. A lot of the things that I might be concerned about now get fixed in the editing stage anyway. So I don't need to worry about them. Just get on, get it finished. And I do enjoy the editing process as well. It's a separate process. It is quite different to the core writing task when you're doing the first draft, which is just write, 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 write. The editing is reviewing, analyzing, working out what is and isn't working within a scene or a beat or a full chapter and adjusting it to suit. The beauty of it, though, is that you know what you set that scene or chapter up to do. The analysis portion of it says, is it working or not? And why not if it's not? And then you just adjust it. And while it's writing, you don't necessarily write the whole thing again. Sometimes you do, but you're adjusting things and you're manipulating it. And I do like that. It's less directly creative in the sense that you're just not flowing, but it's the polishing. It's the crafting of... um, the rough gem into a beautiful gem and that I enjoy as much as the first draft part. So I know everything will come together. I know that will happen. I'm happy with pretty much all of the characters and where they've got to in the story. I'm pretty happy with what's been left open, what's been closed. I'm comfortable that each of those things is pretty well covered subject to going into editing there's a little part of my brain that wants to rush into outlining book three because i'm already got threads that are flowing that way that extend past this book or parts of the story that do and so naturally now as i get to the close my brain's going oh and this and that and this and that and i just have to bring it back focus on what i'm doing now and and not get distracted with that and this time i'm much better at it than i was last time I've recognized how much of the world and background has been exposed in little pieces through this book. And I think that's really good. Having had some conversations with people that have read book one and they have questions, oh, what about this and what about that? Naturally, I've exposed some more of that in this story. So it's going to help a lot. 
with that continuation, which I, I'm glad that it's worked out that way. I didn't put too much in book one. I had enough, I think, that brought the world through in the way it needed to. And now, hey, there's questions that need answering. So book two is answering a number of those. It's all about winding up, getting from drafting to editing, as I said before. So what comes next? Finishing this draft. I think from an estimate, there's less than 10 chapters needed to resolve what I have to do which should be approximately another week. That's where I see it sitting right at the moment. Because of these delays, I'm not going to take a break at the end of it. I won't get time to sit and pat myself on the back. As soon as it's done, I'll be turning around, pulling out the spreadsheet for my story grid method and starting to go through it. And that's what will follow on from this. My goal, two weeks time when the next podcast episode comes together, will be first draft done, I'm now editing and that's where I would like to be. That's what I'm working towards now. And hopefully you've got a sense of the struggle or the challenges I'm going through right now. It is a a challenging period. It's a frustrating period, not in a negative, negative way. It's just part of it drives me. Part of it is encouraging. Within two weeks, we should have that all wrapped up and done. And I should be into the editing cycle and I should be feeling a lot more positive about where I'm at. It's not that I'm feeling totally negative. It's just the frustrations and those things sitting in the back of my mind. It'd be good to get to that milestone and then move past them and get into the next phase, which will take you know, a decent amount of time to get through the editing. So I'm looking forward to being in that place the next time we come together. One bite at a time. Lani. The sound of hooves was unmistakable. They were coming fast from the east along the only road into the woodcutter's clearing. Lani had stopped in the woods back near the cave entrance, having discovered she still had some of the pastries from the market squashed in her pocket. The food was welcome, but the delay meant she now was stuck here, unable to get away. With it being so quiet in the surrounding area, she would have to wait out whoever it was before she looked to get away from the area. She was well hidden for now in a dense part of the wood, slightly away from the trail above the wood storage cave. As they came into the clearing, the riders slowed their horses and moved through it more cautiously. Lani could recognise Cairo. Everyone in Barna knew the guard's captain. But she didn't recognise the other blonde man, and they led a riderless horse behind them. Captain Cairo halted and dismounted, handing the reins to his man. Let me look in the cave. I see nothing out here to concern us. Agreed, Captain. Lani recognised the deep voice belonging to Markham, and now that they were closer she could make out his features. She watched as Cairo walked to the cave entrance, his right hand on the hilt of his sword. There was nothing Lani could do but lie still in the bush and let the scene unfold in front of her. If she didn't move, there was no way they would know she was there. Markham, come! There's a body, and it's not Rallings, Cairo called as he entered the cave. He hadn't bothered to unsheath his sword, as there would have been enough light in the cave for him to have seen there was little to fear. Markham tied off the horses and followed Cairo into the cave. Lani could only hear voices now, and not words, the detail lost in the confines of the cave. It wasn't until they came back out for air that she caught up on their conversation. That's the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Markham coughed and shook his head. Cairo was quiet for a few moments. 
I've never seen the like of it, Markham. What does that? How could someone's face have been removed like that without cuts and a lot of blood? He spoke to himself as much as to his companion. Markham didn't reply. Lani could see him looking around the clearing nervously. He's probably been dead since yesterday. That would match up when the horse showed up. If I'm not mistaken, there was more than one person in that cave. I agree. You could see they'd been in the back of the cave, past where his body lies. Cairo appeared to be considering this observation. He glanced around the opening in the small clearing. His focus narrowed to the trail leading up the cavern side where Lani had been earlier. He looks like a rough traveller, but there's no way to recognise who he was with his face gone. I doubt he was killed for any belongings, although it looked as if a ring had been removed from his hand. Whoever was in there with him must still be alive. And this trail looks like it's had fresh feet on it, and we'd have seen them if they'd come down the town road. Markham nodded his agreement. Not much we can do for him now. We need to move that body out of there, though. Cairo was slow in his response. Aye, but I think I'd like to see first if we can find who was here, who killed this man. We can come back and handle it when we are done. It won't be going anywhere. Let's leave the horses and check what's up here before we make any more choices. Markham took the lead, a little more cautious as they climbed the path. Lani held her breath as they edged their way up the path in front of her, not more than 20 paces away. She was far enough to not be seen, but any untoward noise and she'd be discovered. She knew she'd done nothing wrong, but with the spoils in her possession and all the dead bodies, an outsider like her would be an easy scapegoat for the murder. She didn't fancy the gallows today or any time soon. The town guardsmen moved further up the path, and she could just see them as they headed over the crest, hands on their sword hilts. They would see the birds soon enough and make their way to the other dead. She could hear them talking again and their footsteps sped up. Lani knew it was time to move. She would be stuck hiding here another night or worse, found by Cairo. While the food she had was good, it was gone now and she was thirsty from a day without anything to drink. She was frightened and exposed and wanted the safety of her warren. Stealthily, she worked her way out south through the wood, remaining hidden from all sides. She figured Cairo and Markham would want to thoroughly investigate these new bodies. They'd bury those bodies too, which would give her enough time to get back to town. As she reached the southern edge of the woods, she passed through the thinnest scrub on its edge towards the main road that curled back around the river bend. It was about a quarter mile from where the roadway cut through the wood to the cavern. There was no expectation Cairo would be coming back yet, but Lani checked each way for any travellers. The psalm was reaching mid-morning heights and it was a clear view all the way south and around the river bend. Lani needed to be across the river, up over the small hillocks on the other side and down into the scrub that lay beyond to be sure of getting out of view of anyone on the side. It was going to be a solid walk back across the hills to the southern side of town where the vineyards lay. There she could move along the creek bed she often used to cover her coming and going into town. Checking each way again, she took off in a run. The distance seemed to be miles. The whole time she listened for the sound of someone calling at her, but no one did. By the time she closed on the river, she felt like she'd run all day, her heart pounding as she scurried over and down the bank. Pausing briefly, she waded into the river, holding her satchel above the water as it crept up towards her chest. 
While there was no ice to be seen, the water was as cold as she could remember it. She shivered almost immediately as it sucked any heat she had from her body. There was little choice. She had to be on the other side. Slow moving as the river was, it still dragged her southward, which was fortuitous in its own right. She climbed out right beside a small rocky outcrop, where she could lie behind and be hidden from the other side of the river. She shivered now with all her clothing drenched and had to empty her boots. The sun was warm enough to help thaw her out a little. She could hear the distant creaking and groaning of a cart coming from the south. If she wanted to leave the outcrop, she'd be seen by them. Instead, she decided to let the sun warm her some more and wait out the cart before she moved on. Thanks for listening to this chapter of the In All Jest podcast. For the show notes and more about this podcast, visit kingdarrell.com forward slash podcast. You can contact me through that site and find me on Twitter at IReckon. If you enjoy the show, please tell others, share my posts and review it on your favorite podcast platform. Till next time.